The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Support for this show comes from Golf Breeze Recovery. Our non-12-step program is changing the future of addiction recovery with our waterfront holistic drug treatment facility. You are not broken. Visit us at golfbreezerecovery.com. From Spirituality and Health Magazine, I'm Rabbi Rami, and this is Essential Conversations. My guest today, John Long, is a media specialist and founder of the Earth Network. He's written and directed films and television shows for a range of companies such as Universal Studios, IMAX, Disney, National Geographic, and PBS. His most recent movie is the award-winning and breathtaking film, The Search for Freedom. A review of The Search for Freedom appears in the September-October issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. John Long, welcome to Essential Conversations. Thank you for having me. I watched the film. I added breathtaking in there because (laughs) I keep going... Wow, when I'm watching this, I mean, the camera work is amazing and the subject is amazing. So as I understand this, this is sort of a, I'm literally, again, a heart pounding exploration of the action sports movement, which I had not really heard of. So define the action sports movement for us. This story begins in the 50s with surfing when there was a a pretty small group of people in California who kind of caught on to surfing and uh, made it a lifestyle. And, And at that time, you know, they were looked at as kind of outcasts and very much on the fringe and, and not mainstream. So the story begins there and it kind of grows and spreads to where we're at today, where, you know, you see, for example, in, in the Olympics, half pipe snowboarding, which is, you know, spawned from, from surfing and, and these, and these other activities, um, is the number one rated event in the Olympics. And and we see the images of, of adventure sport and action sport. And, you know, a lot of it is being communion with the outdoors because a lot of these sports are, are really nature sports as opposed to, um, you know, specific team sports. And so really the, the movie sort of tells the story of the evolution of this of this lifestyle that started in the 50s and has grown today to become really such a, a cultural phenomenon and such a, a big part of our society you know, and includes, you know, you call, you can call them sports, but really a lot of them are lifestyles, like the surfing lifestyle or, or, or mountain lifestyle, mountain culture, skateboarding. We interviewed Tony Hawk for this movie, and he said when he started skateboarding, there was only one or two skateboarders in his whole school in California. So this has just moved into such a predominant part of our society. So I really wanted to tell that story and to ask the question, you know, why did it become so popular? Why have so many people gravitated towards that? And in the evolution story that I wanted to tell, originally I wasn't looking to tell a story called The Search for Freedom. It was more a story about the evolution of this this way of life, of action sport, and, and the meaning of that activity. And so for me as a filmmaker, it was the question why that I sought out to explore. 
So these are really, it's beyond sports. It's, it's like countercultural stuff. I mean, these are different subcultures within the larger culture that focus, at least from the title, Search for Freedom, that focus on a search for freedom that can't be found in the mainstream society. Is that a fair assessment? Um, well, I wouldn't say that it can't be found. I really think that, you know, the movie features these activities like surfing and snowboarding or skateboarding, for example. And um, they really are a metaphor. Like the, these, these sports aren't the answer by any way. And, and the film makes that clear as well. It's just it's uh, these films or these uh, these sports are more of a gateway into a, a way of uh, feeling or a way of being that, you know, you could achieve the same thing, uh, you know, painting a picture or doing something in your garden or or whatever this. But they're a very powerful metaphor for living in the moment, because really what what I found and from doing these things and from uh, what we discover and explore in the film is that people are doing it because of the, the powerful feeling of that you have when you're you're living in the moment, you're completely immersed, focused on the activity that you're doing. You're not dwelling on the past. You're not, you know, worrying about the future. You're just completely immersed in that moment. And a lot of these activities um, put you in that space. And, and for that reason, they've become a way of life. And, um, you know, it's something I've experienced very profoundly in the last few years in surfing because I grew up in the mountains and uh, was always very close to the mountains. And, and just recently uh, I picked up surfing and now I'm kind of addicted to surfing. And I, and I find it such a powerful experience for just connecting with the moment. It's almost like a meditation where you're not caught up in other thoughts. You're just caught up in, in what you're doing. And, and the ocean is such a powerful place to do that. And it just comes so naturally without thinking or trying to do it. It's just there. So even though I'm a beginner, at that, the feelings of that are equally as powerful as anything I've ever done where I'm, you know, much more accomplished or have had much more experience doing it. So I think it's very accessible to anyone. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact, let's talk about surfing for a second. So there's this tiny human in the presence of the enormity of the ocean. And if you yeah. don't pay attention, then, I mean, your life is in danger, I'm assuming. Absolutely. So, that can be the case. So how much of facing your own mortality is involved in this experience of freedom? Well, I think that that is a part of it. But, you know, I think it's a, a personal choice as well, because you can approach these sports. For example, the way I approach surfing as a beginner, I don't put myself in a risky position. But I do, by being in the ocean, even if I'm not catching a wave, if I'm outside of where the waves are breaking and just being there, that whole experience is the, is the same. It's just, it's, it's there. So um, I think you can achieve that, that feeling that I'm talking about of, of freedom or, or being in the moment and the, and the benefits in, in the, of that um, without taking huge risks. But human nature, <laughs> in a lot of cases, um, we have this urge to progress. The very start of the movie, there's a little boy, 16 months old, and he's walking at the shoreline and his father says, you know, really, it's just the, the pull of the tides and the feeling of the, the shore break and the, the sand going between your toes. And you look out there and you just want to go deeper. And so there it is. There's the metaphor. There's this father and his child. And the child is standing at the edge of the shoreline looking out at the ocean. And so I think, you know, that's kind of what we do as we approach these sports, no matter what age we are. A lot of times we will progress just by doing the, the sport there's just natural progression and some people 
continue to progress to the point where they're doing things that, as you see in the movie, they're unimaginable, that you can get that close to such huge forces in nature and put yourself in what looks like extreme jeopardy. Whereas for these people, if you ask them, are you in extreme jeopardy? They would say, no, I'm not. That would be stupid for me to be putting myself in extreme jeopardy. You know, I've put myself in that position because I've had experience to get there. And so that's how they would see it. But they would definitely acknowledge the risk and that, you know, things can go wrong at any time for anyone, whether you're taking a big risk or, or not even taking a risk. Oh, yeah. I mean, right. Crossing the street. I think it's in the same scene or, or very close to the beginning of the movie. The voiceover says uh, the basic instinct of a human being is the search for freedom. Yeah. And that's sort of what you're speaking to. When I heard that, I thought, is that really true? I mean, there's a lot of philosophers who talk about basic yeah. instincts. You have the will to power and the will yeah. to pleasure and all of that. And I'm wondering if, on a philosophical level, if most of us are, to use Eric Fromm's term, you know, he actually has a book by the same title, most of us are seeking to escape from freedom. We don't want to have the kind of freedom that you're talking about. It's too intimidating. Basically, put me in a box, tell me what to do, tell right. me how to, how to win this game, whatever the game is. Yeah. And if the prize is comforting enough, then I'll just keep playing, assuming it's winnable to some degree. But freedom? Oh, my yeah. God. No, no, no. Freedom's too much for me. So what makes you think that people are really driven for this hunger for freedom? You know, in making the film I interviewed, like I said, I didn't start out saying that the film was a search for freedom. So I set out on an exploration to ask the question, why did this this uh, these activities become a way of life and such a cultural phenomenon? And I interviewed a lot of people, over 50 people for this film. And that word and that concept kept coming up again and again. So I wanted to really look into what that meant. And the person who said that the basic instinct of every human being is that search for freedom is Warren Miller. And Warren Miller was a filmmaker. He started making ski films in the 50s. And his company still does it. He's not involved because he's 90 years old now. But he was at it himself for 50 or 60 years. And when I interviewed him, I said, you know, You've been doing this for 50 or 60 years and very hands on. Like I'm talking, he's taking the pictures himself at the beginning and, and just creating the entire film and promoting himself, everything and getting it out there. And so I, I asked him, what is it? And he delivered that comment. And, you know, I've had other people, for example, Logan LaPlante, who, who gave a TED talk, a TEDx talk about education. And he said, skiing to me is freedom. It opens up a thousand possibilities and so that it's a metaphor for my life so i think the freedom that we're talking about in this movie is the freedom that you get when you're immersed in the moments so a lot of people are constantly sort of like an incessant thoughts constantly going through their head so the freedom that we're talking about in this is escaping from that into a place where you feel a sense of well-being, you feel it's a great place to access creativity and your performance and feelings of happiness, really. I mean, it's like it's fun. And so you feel happiness. And I think in that moment or moments when, when that's happening, you feel free. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today 
at eomega.org slash thrive. You made this link between freedom and happiness in the film also. So the freedom, it sounds like we're talking about, in a sense, the power of now, the liberation that comes when you're not thinking about the past or the future. You're simply fully present in, with, and as the moment. And so how do you make that link to happiness? Is happiness a synonym for that freedom or is it generated by that experience of the moment? Well, I think that, that, that they're connected. If you practice that act of, you know, it could be meditation, it could be surfing, it could be yoga, it could be a lot of different rock climbing, it could have been a lot of different ways, gardening, practicing that state where you're immersed and doing that on a daily basis is, I believe, is good for your well-being. And that is something that is linked to happiness. You know, and, and a lot of this is based on the concept of fun. Like this happens naturally when you're a kid. Kids, they just play. They're not thinking about anything else other than what they're doing. And as we, it seems like as we grow up, so many other things come into our lives that a lot of times we lose that concept of like a childhood play. So in a sense, something like surfing, for me, that's what it feels like. It's It's like... I don't look at it as like an exercise or a, or a sport or anything. To me, it's just fun. And so if I go out surfing uh, for three hours even, I rarely have a, a thought come into my head and, uh, and it's just, it's just fun and it, and it, it makes me happy. I don't know if you've ever read the book Focusing by uh, Eugene Gendlin, but oh. back in 80, I think it was 82, he wrote this book and it's the same idea. But yeah. it's not about doing anything extreme. I mean, he talks right. about people who clean offices for a living or people who, you know, whatever your task is, you can yeah. actually get that immersive. If, yeah. if you're immersed in the task itself, time becomes irrelevant. Thoughts seem yeah. to cease. And there is this sense of a physical sense of well-being that arises simply by being in touch with the moment. And I, I think that's what you're the freedom so, that we're talking about here. Totally agree. Exactly. The, in the, in this movie, action sports are a very powerful visual metaphor for exactly what you're talking there. And um, and I think you know, it, 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 in the end, uh, in the conclusion of the movie, a rock climber uh, who's one of the main characters in the movie, he uh, his name is Ron Kauk, and he's been living in um, Yosemite for 40 years and, and climbing and and just being there and, and living in the mountains for 40 years, and now he takes. Uh, youth at risk out uh, who are um, basically locked up and they, and they come out for, for weekends or days with him and and he teaches them the lessons that he's learned in nature. And, and at the end of the movie, he says for him, after a lifetime of climbing, the way, the way he does it is he just, um, he only goes like three feet up and then he traverses uh, uh, laterally across the, the uh, cliff or whatever. And he just says, I just think about my breathing or I just think about my shoulders or my hands. So it, it's, there's nothing extreme about it whatsoever. It's just about feeling part of a, of a flow of an activity. And so yeah. it's a choice. And, and, and some people put risk into that choice. Some people sit on a cushion in that choice. And sure. there's just many ways to do it. I want to take this in a slightly different direction because when I knew we were going to talk, I obviously took a look at uh, the current film, Search for Freedom. But yeah. I also went back and uh, took a look at your 2004, 2004 film yeah. called Sacred Planet. You did this one for Disney. Yeah. And boy, a- another 
I mean, you have an amazing eye, if nothing else. I mean, you really show me stuff that I couldn't see otherwise. And I wanted to talk about this film because it, it seems to speak in another from another angle to the same thing yeah. we're talking about. And one of the things you say is that there are very few pristine places left on the earth. And you take us to, I think, six of them. Yeah. And you talk to the indigenous people there. Right. And they also seem to exude this kind of freedom yeah. that we're talking about in in uh, surfing or, or other experiences. Is that am I making a good connection? Is that true? I think so. Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, you could relate it to both films or, or take your experience in making both of these movies. What do you think the lack of these pristine places has? What do you does to us as a as a society, as a you know, species, humans? What does this lack of freedom do to us as a species? You're showing us things that we are missing. Yeah. And missing is the norm. And you're yeah. showing us what maybe should be the new normal. But missing these things, lack of freedom, lack of pristine uh yeah places on the planet. What is that doing to us spiritually, you think? Well, I think the, um, I mean, some people talk about uh, nature deficit disorder and what the experience of being in a, a, a natural environment, uh, the power of that and what, where, what that can do. So because it's not, you're not being bombarded with all kinds of messaging and all kinds of, you know, media. And, you know, I'm not uh, against technology in any way. But I think it's really what it all comes down to is balance. And how do you balance all of this media and technology where it doesn't overtake you and allow you to not be present in almost anything you do? And so I think it's just being conscious about what are the benefits of being in nature, experiencing that. That's what uh, the guy was telling you about Ron Kauk. He, he brings these kids out who, you know, they're gang members and he takes them out. And it's a very profound experience for them because it's such a different world. You know, I think some of these these activities, uh, you know, in the search for freedom, people experience that. And I think that, um, you know, these indigenous cultures, when I made the film Sacred Planet and we shot that with IMAX cameras. So it wasn't necessarily my eye that made it great. We went to these beautiful places, you know, and we had the best, most powerful uh, equipment for recording imagery and all the tools and toys you could need to take amazing imagery and present that on these giant screens. And it's, and it's so powerful. It's, it almost feels like you're there. And, you know, the question we asked these few people that we, we spoke about in each of the locations is what is it about your traditional culture that has survived the test of time that, you know, you would say you would bring forward into future generations? And they talk about, you know, one of the most important things is interconnectedness, you know, seeing the world as something bigger than yourself. And so that was a natural way of being for these ancient cultures and for a lot of ancient cultures. And I think in the relationship to these two films is that that's sort of what people are experiencing when they do these activities or that have that sort of a lifestyle. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So there is this when you're in the water, I mean, even not even just the people you feature in the film, but you yourself when you're surfing, you feel that interconnectedness with the ocean. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's so powerful that it's it's like I meditate sometimes. I try to meditate and my you know, there's a lot of thoughts coming. It's it's interesting. I want to get to continue doing that and, and exploring that when I surf. It's funny because it's so natural, like and it can be a long session, like you start walking out to the water, you get in the water. And then two or three hours later, you came back and all you were thinking about was the flow of what was happening in, the, in that time. That is, I think, what we're talking about is being in that flow, sort of putting ourselves back into the universe in an integrated way. 
Very, very interesting. Thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. My guest today was John Long. You can learn more about John's work at www.johnlongfilms.com. There's a review of his newest film, The Search for Freedom, that appears in the September-October issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. Support for this podcast comes from Gulf Breeze Recovery. Their non-12-step program is changing the future of addiction recovery with their Waterfront Holistic Drug Treatment Facility. You're not broken. Visit them at gulfbreezerecovery.com. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Visit spiritualityhealth.com and subscribe to the magazine in either print or digital formats. And the digital ones are suitable for any tablet or smartphone. And download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Corinne Johnston, and our program coordinator is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.